Welcome to the Crypto Campfire. They're lucky if they can find half an hour a week to get funky. Mitch and the Professor. Featuring special guest John Hargrave. Hey guys, welcome back to the Crypto Campfire Podcast. This is the Professor. And Mitch. And today we've got John Hargrave on the show. John is the CEO of Media Shower, and he's got a new book out. Before we get into John, let's take a look at the crypto news from the Crypto Gym. Thanks, Professor. Hello, Crypto Campfire listeners, and welcome to the Cryptocurrency News in a flash with the Crypto Gents. Binance CEO Justin Cern says that Putin is the most influential person in blockchain. U.S. Congress considers a draft bill claiming stable coins are securities. And that's the cryptocurrency news in a flash with the crypto gent. It's back to you, Professor. Thanks a lot, crypto gent. So, Professor. How's your day going, man? <laughs> it's going pretty crazy, man. It's going pretty crazy. It's been, a, it's been quite the epic roller coaster ride this week, I must say. Um, oh, yeah. Yep, I kind of went dark this week from Twitter and and everything else just because I've been knuckling down trying to get my job caught up so that I can leave on Friday morning and uh, be with my family in Vegas, all my buddies, and just uh, ready to do the podcast there and have the time of our lives, man. This is going to be epic. I can't wait. It's going to be sick. We've got so many people that are going to be down there, the whole family, the seed card movement people, the Litecoin people, the just all the amazing friends that we've met in crypto. And I'm so stoked. I got a message from Verge this afternoon and he was, uh, it was Mark from Verge. And he's like, Hey man, we're going to see you in uh, in Vegas. When, when are we going to meet up and do this, uh, this live stream? So right. it's like, I'm just, you know, I'm so stoked. We've got so many things, so many <laughs> plans, so many live streams, so many, I, I mean, there's just going to be a whole bunch <laughs> of stuff going down next week. It's, it's going to be, be cool. it's- crazy man just literally crazy i'm gonna need a vacation when i get back from vegas just to relax <laughs> i mean when we did los angeles i i mean seriously after you left i was so spent i mean i felt like i just ran a marathon for like three days it was insane yeah you know so, these blockchain weeks are amazing but after the first two or three days it's like you know it just keeps it keeps getting more amazing but your energy starts to like you're drained because right. you're having so much fun because it doesn't it's not like nine to five no you're 24 hours just having an amazing time and networking and talking and yeah yeah I don't know. it's amazing it's amazing so uh let's let's bring john in if speaking of conventions and, and whatnot you guys met in philly correct yes yes we met Perfect. in philly awesome john it's good to have you on the show how are you doing today hey so excited <laughs> to be here it's going awesome. to be sweet, man. I'm, I'm so stoked. Mitch has got the opportunity to talk to you already and, and meet you face to face. And I'm really looking forward to uh, having that opportunity myself. Well, here we are. Hell yes. Hell yes. So uh, let's, let's kind of start in typical campfire fashion and let's dig into your background first off. So how did you discover crypto and when you discovered it, what got you hooked on it? So I started my career during the dot-com days, uh, uh, late 1990s, early 2000s, and I became a dot-com millionaire on my 30th birthday. Wow. Uh, literally on my 30th birthday is the first chapter of my new book, Blockchain for Everyone. I tell the story of uh, becoming a dot-com millionaire, and I took that money uh, and I invested it in uh, my own business, uh, a marketing and media business called Media Shower. And with the rest of the money, I, I eventually invested it in uh, this new thing called Bitcoin. 
And uh, so I bought Bitcoin, I think in 2013, it was about $125 per Bitcoin. And as we all know today, it's about $8,000. So probably the greatest investment I ever made in my life. And, Not a bad one. Not a bad one. Yeah. So, so when I saw how uh, exciting this space was, uh, I said, I'm going to take this company that I've built, this multi-million dollar media company, and I'm going to go all in on blockchain. So I completely pivoted the company into blockchain. And this was in 2017 when the, uh, when the, doc- when the uh, blockchain mania was at its height and then the market crashed. And uh, so a one big, lost big, and then rebuilt it and made all my money back. And that's the story that's in my new book, Blockchain for Everyone. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's cool to see all these different sides of how people got into crypto. And it's, it always, I should say almost always, starts out from a speculative side of it. But it almost always ends up on the building side or you found a path or found a project you're working on or something and you take it to the next level. And instead of just trading or whatever it is that you're doing, you get involved and you start trying to help build this into what it can be. So I I love seeing that. For sure. I want to challenge the word speculating or speculative because to me, it really is about investing. And one of the goals of this book, uh, when I started writing it, the words blockchain investing were kind of an oxymoron. Uh, nobody thought of it that way. And people did think of it as very speculative. But the only difference between speculation and investing is just uh, time. That's it. Like, you know, what maybe today's speculation, if it plays out over time, is a great investment. So what I really wanted to do was help legitimize this as an investment class and as something that all of us should be putting a little bit of money into. And that's the whole idea behind blockchain for everyone is it belongs in the investing portfolios of not just us crypto geeks, but everyone in the world. Well, you know, it's it's funny how you say that because when I first got into cryptocurrencies, I, you know, I, I got into it for an investment, right? Because I was looking at my pension saying, yeah, I'm not gonna have anything when I retire at 62. So if I can even make it that long. So I got into crypto, um, but what I've come to learn is that it's not, it's not just a speculative instrument. It's, right. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a currency. And if we embrace the fact that it is indeed a currency and we use it as such, it changes the whole meaning of what cryptocurrencies are. Um, you know, as far as everybody that hears about it, like news-wise, media-wise, everybody's talking about the speculation. But it's rare that you hear about the use case, the actual spending of cryptocurrencies as currency, which is what they are. Um, And being a part of this movement um, and being a part of the movement, not just for freedom, but for being able to spend sound money, um, things with sound value, that's, that's what's intrigued me the most in the last probably a year. So it's, it's challenging when you hear the word speculation because yes, it's speculated upon, but I guess it depends on what side of the market you're looking at. And me, it's all about the use case. Yeah. So in the book, we talk about uh, how you can think about this as part of an overall investment portfolio. So in other words, if you were to go to a financial advisor, which I'm not, by the way, I'm not a financial advisor. So I don't, <laughs> don't take my advice. 
but if you were to go to a financial advisor, they might say something like, you know, uh, a safe uh, portfolio would be mostly stocks and bonds, maybe, you know, two thirds stocks, one third bonds, and you can kind of adjust the stock bond mixture. But within that, many of them say, well, you can have a little bit set aside for kind of alternative investments, what they call mad money. And that mad money might be anywhere from like 2% to 10% of your overall investments. Well, that's where crypto can fit in. So if you think about buying a little bit of Bitcoin or a little bit of maybe the top three altcoins uh, and allocating maybe between two and 10% to that, those returns over the last three years have vastly outperformed the traditional stock and bond portfolio. So as I wrote the book, that was very easy to show that you would have blown away your financial advisor's advice if you had just bought a little bit of crypto. But what was harder was to say, well, since I wrote the book, does that still hold true? So even in the year since I finished the manuscript, uh, if you look at those returns, they still outperform the stock market. And this has been in the last year when Bitcoin hasn't exactly been super crazy, right? <laughs> it's been kind of a tough year in this space. And they still outperform the traditional stock and bond investment. So it's just a really smart Thing to get involved with to help your money grow. Let me ask you this quick question, John. Can you take your Apple stock or your GM stock and go and purchase uh, an Apple computer or a car with, with those directly? Uh, not easily. Okay. So you would have to cash out your stock in order to accumulate the fiat to buy or make that purchase. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, so what, so you're saying so, like with currencies, cryptocurrencies can be used as currencies. Absolutely. I mean, like we pay for our airline tickets with it. We pay, we can buy things online with it. So, you know, it's, it's being used as that currency. And that's, that's what I'm trying. That's the point I'm trying to hold tight to, because if you look at the American dollar, right. then the American dollar goes, let's say it's at valued at 70 cents based on inflation right now. Right. And I'm just speculating. I don't know the exact number, but it's valued at like 65 or 70 cents based on inflation. But if the value of that dollar goes up to a dollar 25, right. We, do we see a gain or do we realize a gain at that point versus a cryptocurrency that goes up in value? Right. Um, but if you're spending it and you're not necessarily realizing the gain, but you're just spending. So um, if you have one Bitcoin, regardless of the value of that Bitcoin, it's still one Bitcoin, right? Regardless of the cash value. Are, well, you, going, are you going down the tax route with this? Um, I, I didn't want to go that route. I really didn't. But I, I'm really trying to, you know, stress the point that, yes, there are a lot of speculate, speculative sides of this industry when it comes cryptocurrencies however you cannot spend a stock direct but you can spend a cryptocurrency direct as a currency so well, i think it's important to note that let, let me let me try to simplify so i think there's really two classes emerging so the first class are the investment type vehicles so this would be bitcoin plus most of the cryptocurrencies or tokens on the market today and let's be honest people think of them like stocks Right. Yeah. We all think yes, of, they absolutely do treat them we, that way. We buy low and hope that it goes up in value and we can sell at a profit. So all of those things are, let's put it under kind of an investment category. Then you've got what you're talking about, which are actual currencies. And I would classify those more as like stable coins. So the top three stable coins are Tether, uh, USDC, US dollar coin, and then DAI. 
So that would be kind of the things that we'll spend in the future. And that's where there's all this innovation because Facebook is coming in with Libra. Uh, China will be introducing their own digital currency. And once China's comes out, like game over, like every nation is going to rush to mint their own digital token. Those will behave more like currencies that you can spend. It's still really hard to spend Bitcoin. It's hard to spend Ether. It's hard to spend Ripple. But these new digital assets that have a stable value, stable coins, those are going to be the things that we're going to use in the future. That is the future of the global economy. And that's what gets us all so excited. That is the amazing <laughs> project that we're all part of right now. Right. Well, that's something that we talk about a lot, too, is like, you know, what what is the because, I mean, obviously, the U.S. government's not going to just one day go, oh, I guess we should have been using Bitcoin all along. That's our new national currency. Right. You know, like you say, they're going to mint their own. They're going to build a stable coin. They're going to put the dollar on a blockchain, more or less, right? If you want to think of it that way, there is going to be the same thing that we're used to spending. It's going to act, it's going to feel the same way. We're going to have all of our same little nice abstractions, and we can just pull up our PayPal or whatever you want to call it and send our money off. It's going to be a U.S. dollar, but it's just going to be built on a blockchain to get rid of all the horse shit system that we have as it is right now. That's exactly right. yes. However. And I don't know if it's going to be Bitcoin. I, you know, it, we can guess all we want which coin is going to be, you know, dominant in the future. And it may not be even be anything that we know of today. You know, who knows? But there will, I think, be a reigning cryptocurrency of some sort that sort of because all the countries are going to make their own, right? So there's still going to have to be a global currency that maintains a, some sort of a, a unified value, no matter where you are geographically, right? Um, so you know, so the ecosystem just to throw names out there would be like Bitcoin and, and something else, you know, like is these global currencies. And then each country will have its own national currency just built on a blockchain. So I think the future is going to be interesting. Um, I don't think that the government getting involved or even some big corporations getting involved are going to make Bitcoin moon like some people do. Um, but I think it's going to be exciting one way or the other. Oh, yeah, for sure. It is going to be so exciting. And uh, <laughs> it will play out in the way that you've described, I think, where nation states will create their own virtual currencies, their own digital versions of the US dollar and the euro and so forth. Uh, and the interesting thing will be, will the dollar still, the digital dollar, will the digital dollar still reign supreme? Or will it uh, be another country? Or will it be another player like Facebook? And that is why the government is so freaked out about Facebook's proposed Libra, is because Facebook reaches a third of the, the population on the planet. So Facebook having its own money suddenly makes it a global economic superpower. Well, and the worst part was it's not, it's not even just Facebook. It's a, literally a council, they call it, a government, basically, of massive, massive tech companies and not even only tech companies, but just massive corporate entities. Right. And, you know, as soon as you have this worldwide network of, of these entities that already as it is have way too much power, and then you give them power over the financial assets of a large percentage of the world, you have everything in place to create a new government like a world government. And I know it sounds like a crazy sci-fi conspiracy theory, but it does not sound crazy. It sounds if you think about it a little bit, yes, yeah, it's, it's sketchy, man. It's sketchy. Well, it sounds very <laughs> likely to me, but let's think about this for a second. Why shouldn't we have one global currency? Why should it, it's not that that's a bad thing, but in the way it's starting to play out, there are, there are implications to it. And so 
I think that's where we're going to go anyway, right? I mean, that's kind of what the UN is trying to be, you yep. know, and there's a need for that. Yes. Absolutely. As long as it's implemented responsibly and carefully, and that's going to be a massive undertaking. Yes. I think the biggest challenge that comes from a global economy, a global currency, is it it disrupts the hierarchy structure that's been put in place over the last thousand years. Right. Okay. The, the financial superpowers of the world or just the superpowers in general of the world. Um, you know, there's this uh, big boy on the block type thing that, that everybody wants to play. And I, I think by having a global economy or a single um, currency, that's a global currency. I think it takes away that power that they so crave the whole movement of cryptocurrency stemmed around decentralized economies where not one single entity can control the value of that, of that economy. Um, and blockchain not having a single entity control the transactions. So by going with these coins or these, you know, tokens that we are talking about with Libra and other governments, it's, it's the same thing right? As what we have now, it's just in a digital format. So we still have a centralized entity controlling its value um, and, and manipulating it. And that's what I think the whole movement of cryptocurrencies to me is about. It's about that freedom of choice. It's about that decentralized value that not one single thing can impact its, its, its value. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, this is in the book. I was in the uh, Federal Reserve. So the Federal Reserve is, of course, our, our central banking system, but it's also a series of banks, of buildings. And we have one of these Federal Reserve buildings here in Boston. And they had a, a conference on uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies. So I was invited to this conference and I'm in the Federal Reserve, which, first of all, is amazing because you got to go through like all the security. You are literally surrounded by millions of dollars of cash that they have stored away in vaults all around mm -hmm. the walls of this building. And it's like a fortress. This thing looks like the, the monoliths out of 2001, the movie. It's impressive. So I'm in this building. And after the conference, I have to take a, 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 a video conference call with the prospective client. So as I mentioned, I have this media company called a Media Shower. And we help blockchain companies uh, get their messaging and positioning right and get people onto their blockchain. So we got this video conference, my team and I, with this prospective client, and I'm having it in the lunchroom at the Federal Reserve. I'm in the commissary. <laughs> I'm literally in the belly of the beast. Uh, nice. And where, by the way, uh, a bowl of soup is $3 trillion. <laughs> so I'm down there in the lunchroom, and, uh, and this, uh, this prospective client says, uh, we're launching a new stable coin. It was the first time I had ever heard this. It was before stable coins were all the rage. I said, what is a stable coin? He says, stable coin is a coin that holds its value. It's pegged to the US dollar. I said, well, what gives it its value? And he says, it's going to be backed by gold. It's actually going to have a dollar of gold for every dollar of this stable coin. So investors will always know that it's going to maintain its value. Now, if you want to know the <laughs> meaning of the word irony, I am sitting in the Federal <laughs> Reserve working on a deal that's going to undo the Federal Reserve. A deal, by the way, <laughs> that is backed by gold when I'm surrounded by paper money that has no inherent value at all. Right. 
I'm like, if you look in the dictionary under the word irony, I right now I would see a picture of myself looking at myself, looking at the picture of the word <laughs> irony. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, you know, and it's just, it, it's crazy to think of being surrounded by all that stuff, right? All that money. I, I've worked in a um, federal building here in Detroit and it was kind of the same way. But you, when you really stop and think, all it is is paper, right? right. That we put value to, right. that we we call as a note of trade, and right. you know, I th I think we need to get back to the old days where trade was bartering, right? Done done by the skill of your labor, um, and by your talents. I think that would be unique to actually get back to that grassroots upbringing that that we had in the past. We should do horse trading. We should bring back wampum. Okay, <laughs> so here's how we get the U.S. to now move toward a blockchain-based digital dollar. All right, you ready for this idea? Shoot, sure. This is totally going to work. So here's what we do. We basically say, on this new digital dollar, this is a blockchain-based U.S. dollar that's pegged to the U.S. dollar, can be used anywhere that you can use a U.S. dollar, but it's digital just like Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency, backed by the full faith of the federal government. You can transfer your paper dollars over to this new digital dollar. That's how it works. And all the lawmakers are going to, the Federal Reserve are going to say, this is too, too hard. We don't know what to do. Here's what we say. We say, <laughs> you can mint a coin, if you like, for the digital dollar, that represents a digital dollar, and on that coin will be Donald Trump's face. You can call it the Trump digital dollar. And as soon as Donald Trump gets wind that we're going to print a new money with the Trump name on it, that bill will get passed tomorrow. <laughs> Am I right? Oh, are you, are you implying there's something to be said about egos here? <laughs> Trump's name on money. Can you imagine? I that that would happen so fast. That would become <laughs> the biggest priority of of this administration. I'm telling. You. I'm gonna start packing tomorrow, and my flight for another country will be booked by the end of the week. Um, uh, I'm moving. Is it <laughs> a sacrifice you're willing to make? to see blockchain take over the economy. That's the question that we're all faced with. I can wait a what? few more years. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, it's just, no, it's no, so... no, I see exactly what you're getting at though. It's, yeah, it's like, it's a, we, we had a conversation not too long ago about, uh, actually it stemmed from exchanges and greed and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, but it kind of, we, we kind of were talking about egos and the difficulty of actually passing regulation that is logical and responsible i think were the words that were being used and yeah, yeah. you know it's this this whole nation and it's obviously not just the united states but politics around the world in general are so screwed up and they're so i mean just the way the system works it's kind of the nature of the beast but it's so hard and so difficult and so time consuming to get regulations passed and and legislation in place that makes sense and technology grows at such a like astronomically more uh accelerated pace than than regulations do so you end up with these these transcendences of technology over uh legislation and that 
result in just like total disasters worldwide. Like everything's just a, a mess and we can't make anything work because we're so delayed because of laws and, and legal stuff. It just drives me crazy. Well, it can be done though. And that's where we must have hope. So let's look uh, at the Telecommunications Act. So this was passed in 1996 and this was very similar where there had been this Communications Act that was written in 1934, just like our current Securities Act was written, I think in 1933, right? And at that time, this Communications Act was written when like telephone was the dominant medium, right? And now suddenly <laughs> in the 90s, we had like cable television, broadband, and then the internet. And everybody saw like all these old rules that we're using just do not apply for these new mediums. And, uh, you know, the Clinton administration actually got this new legislation drafted and passed. And it made a huge difference because it allowed for free and open internet. And, you know, it really made possible what we all enjoy today. So that kind of thing can be done. And that's what needs to be done is the securities regulation has to be completely overhauled and completely rewritten. It's going to take bold lawmakers, bold legislators, and smart people like us who can all come to the table and give them ideas for what yeah. this should say because they don't understand it, right? <laughs> yeah, like exactly. we got to have- We, we all saw the Mark Zuckerberg, uh, the conversations and the looks on their faces when he was using terms that are just commonplace to us. And it's like, yeah, they're so out you of know touch. What? Give it's me on the stand. I'm ready. Let's go. Give me on the yeah. stand. I will talk to Congress and we will have our own act by the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, you know, there's something to be said about passion. And yeah. there's, there's so much passion and creativity within yeah. this sphere. It's, it's, it's incredible, John. And I know you see it. Um, anybody that's in this space that has a pair of eyes and even the ones that can't see, see how, how wicked the creativity is happening. And, you know, I, I was so straightforward earlier when I said this movement, it's, it's a movement to me about, it's about people, it's about changing the world, and it's about changing how we see each other. And, yes. you know, it, it can be done. And uni unity is how it happens, right? It takes one, it, one person, you know, I used to hear all the time as a kid, you're just one person, you can't make a difference. But you know what, bullshit, we can make a difference. And it just takes one. And that one grows into 10, and that 10 grows into 100, right? And if the passion is there and the positivity is there, anything is attainable. I love this. And I appreciate you saying that so much. I was uh, moderating a blockchain panel last night. And uh, I said, you know, I, it, when I go to some of these blockchain presentations, I find them really dry and boring. And that hurts my soul. Ugh. Because I am so passionate about this space and this industry and what we're doing. And, uh, uh, my fellow panelists, uh, one of them said, it's like a movement. He said the same thing. And he said, it's like a renaissance of money. I said, or a renaissance of, of, uh, of technology. And I said, I love that idea that we really are living this, this renaissance. And we so are. people have to be bold about sharing that passion with other people. And we yes. also have to connect with other people who have that passion because every good thing that's happened has been because I've talked with other passionate folks like you, right, Mitch, we met yeah. <laughs> at Coinvention. That's why we're talking now. 
You got to get out there into these communities, mix it up. And that's how we're going to grow stronger. And we're going to help this movement get traction and grow and make real change in the world. Can exactly. I get an amen? Amen, sir. You know, and I'll, I'll, I'll never forget how we met either. You, we were standing in line waiting for our table at that restaurant. Well, we, we, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, yeah. And you looked at my t-shirt and I had a campfire t-shirt on. You said, campfire, what do you guys do? Burn, burn crypto? <laughs> <laughs> Um, we would be everybody's favorite people if we just went around burning coins that we we would be everybodyody's favorite people yes tokens for warmth we're missing opportunities yeah (laughs) right how how were your buffalo wild wings by the way they were i i don't know what i don't even remember honestly what i had i was so caught up in the moment of talking with everybody that's on the same wavelengths and you know just exploding with I was oozing with passion so to speak it was crazy and I don't even remember what I ate to be honest with you <laughs> that, that whole <laughs> Wild Wings was, is always good so you could probably just assume it was good I, it was good whatever it was I had but it wasn't it wasn't Wild Wings it was something else and I can't like I said I can't for the life of me remember what it was but i'll tell you what the company that we were in that day that evening john was amazing yeah it was incredible and that is uh the thing that we've learned is uh that blockchain is really about community it's about people and when you think about like what makes any blockchain project successful whether it's bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency it's people it's building a community and that's right you know, we talk about that again and again, we keep coming back to like, it's really all about building these communities. So when you go out to these communities, whether it's, you know, local meetup groups, or whether it's uh, big conventions like Coinvention, which was terrific, or World CryptoCon, where we're going to be next week, like all of these things <laughs> yes. of connecting and building those communities around the blockchain projects you care about. And again, this is how we get gravity or kind of like a magnetic force around this whole movement. This is how we get inertia and how it grows and builds. Absolutely. I mean, it's like part of the whole reason we came up with this podcast in the first place was we just wanted to talk to more people because on Twitter, number one, you're limited with how deep your conversation can be anyway. Cause you've got, you know, little terrible threads of tiny amounts of characters and, but there's so many different, like we, we like to call them factions in crypto Twitter you know, you've got like the XRP guys and the Litecoin guys and whatever, whatever else, you know, everybody kind of goes in their corner and they huddle with their little friends in their own little echo chamber. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while they echo out or they, they jump out into the slightly larger echo chamber that is all of crypto Twitter. But for the most part, they kind of are like in their own little sex. And uh, we wanted an opportunity and a way to bring all of these people together and start having conversations with people from all around the crypto Twitter space. And even outside of Twitter, obviously, but you know, we, we started on, on Twitter trying to reach out to our guests through there. And um, it was, it's just, it's amazing to have this experience, the, the differences in people that we talk to, you know, like we were talking before this started, you know, we've talked to people all over the world and everybody has the same passion and the same excitement for crypto. But at the same time, they come from such vastly different backgrounds and I have found ways to apply those vastly different backgrounds to crypto. And I don't know, it's just, it's so exciting to be able to see these people find find their passion and explore it. So you guys are connectors, and uh, that's a really important role 
to play in this emerging ecosystem that we're all building. And uh, here in Boston, we started this, uh, this new trade group called the Boston Blockchain Association. Sweet. And, yeah, and uh, we've got a really fantastic board we put together. We're all volunteers. We meet once a week. Um, and we put on a series of events in the Boston community, meetups essentially. And we've seen those meetups grow from like a handful of people to like, you know, a, a, a good sized room to like a huge room. And now they're usually sold out. Um, and the benefit of that, I mean, we put a lot of time and energy into it. But what we get back is so much more because we become sort of in the flow of everything that's happening. You're sort of in the deal flow of all the things that are going on between developers and entrepreneurs and investors and, you know, all these different projects. So don't you guys find that, that like, although it's so much work to put Crypto Campfire together, like you end up getting so much more out of it than you put in? Absolutely. It's like every time we turn around, we're just more and more amazed at the experiences that we're having, the people that we're meeting. And, you know, it's all about the experiences and the return has been so much bigger than it ever could be. We, we always say that if crypto disappeared tomorrow, we'd be just as happy as we ever have been because we still got the community and we still have all the people that we met here and we still have all these friends and, and that's That'll where, be with us forever. Is. That's right. And it's, you know, it's so... It's so surreal. I, I almost walk around and I'm like, don't touch me. I'm fucking dreaming. Leave me alone. I want to wake up because this is beautiful. This is amazing. I mean, anybody that has known me my, in my life that has seen me in the last year, even in the last six months, is just blown away. Like, what happened to you, man? What, what, what are you doing? Why are you so happy all of a sudden? I mean, just, I have not probably stopped smiling more than maybe two or three times in the last year. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. And every day, I don't care. Something bad might come along, you know, and happen and just kind of give you a big bump in the road, so to speak. But then and other things amazing will happen. And you're like, wow, that, that thing's gone. It's forgotten, you know, and it, John, I'm serious. It happens on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. And, and just being able to have, friends and people within the community that are enjoying what we're doing, just having fun doing it. <laughs> never in a million years. I, I've been a carpenter for 30 years. Never would I have thought I'm doing a podcast, but here yeah. we are. So it's, it's awesome. It really is. Yeah. And Mitch, I can really relate to that, that every day you feel like you're having some crazy new experience that you never could have imagined. And it's all because you got involved with this space. And yeah, I think part of it is like, if you were doing a carpentry podcast, um, you might still enjoy it, but I don't think you'd feel the same sense of purpose. No, And that's really what working in this space gives you is we all understand at some level that what we're doing is really important. It's important for the future of the human species. I really mean that because it is this new global economy, this new internet of money, this new kind of shared technology that lets us share value. And we all understand that like the work we're doing here, it's like the early pioneers of computers or the early pioneers of the internet or the early pioneers of this new technology. And it's going to have this impact for the next hundred years. 
And that's yes. the passion that is so hard to articulate to people because once you start to explain blockchain, <laughs> you're like, well, it's a shared decentralized ledger and people's eyes glaze over. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. It's so, it's so hard to like, we like the most effective thing we found is just bringing them into the community. Right. Cause if you sit there and yeah. you try to just talk to them, you can go down so many routes. It's like, how do you start? Do I explain what blockchain is? Do I explain what Bitcoin is or how it works? Or do I start by saying it's not a scam? It's not only used by the mafia. Like, where do you even start? There's so much to cover before it becomes an appealing thing. And so part of what we're doing is trying to reach out to people outside of crypto. We've actually had a couple of people yes. on now that are from outside of the space and just, you know, the, the goal is not to have them educated on Bitcoin by the time they get off the podcast, but the goal is to show them that it's a thing that exists that's more than just some stuff in the, in the mystical, magical world of the internet. It's a real thing. People actually use it. Uh, number two, that it's not just a scam and it's not only used for criminal enterprises and that the media is bullshit in most of their uh, claims on Bitcoin. Uh, and also that there's a huge community of people that are here to help you and guide you through this and point you in the right directions and hold your hand if you need it, you know? So it's opening their eyes to this thing. And then eventually maybe they'll dip their toes in and they'll get involved, but uh, just skewing their perspective in the right direction from what they've seen on the media is so helpful in some of these cases. You know, John, I was in LA and the professor had left to come home already. And um, I think that was on Wednesday morning. And so Thursday, it was Wednesday or Thursday, I was walking in downtown Hollywood. You know, I went to the Walk of Fame and was looking at the stars and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I got all these seed cards on me, right? Um, I don't know if you've seen Yeah, you've seen the seed movement that we're a part of on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, so I got all these seed cards on me and I stop at this eyeglass place. And I, you know, the, the, the owner's like standing at the door and I, I walk in and he's like, hey, how you doing? Come on in, you know, and what can I help you with? And I said, well, I need to know, do you, do you accept cryptocurrencies for payment? And he went, excuse me. And I said, <laughs> cryptocurrencies. He goes, yeah, I know what they are. And he says, uh, say have a seat. So I sat down and we, and me and this guy talked, his name was Simon. And we talked for about 45 minutes and he was like, Mitch, you know what? He says, you are so energetic and you are so passionate about this I, it just makes me want to learn even more so yeah. i had given him a business card he says i will reach out to you guys i said i would love to have you on our podcast i mean seriously just you know just to just to talk about what your thoughts are and you know where you're at in this whole thing and he he was so like you could see it in his face just so excited and about you know, I left and about, um, I don't know, five, 10 minutes later, I was walking out of a resale shop because I needed a belt. And I, I, I come out of there and he's clocking. He says, what are you doing? Going around talking to everybody? I says, hell yeah, every chance I get. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this is crazy. He says, you are just, you're, you're too much. I love it. So, you know, just getting out there and letting people see that energy and that passion, right? It's, 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 it's captivating. And, and that's what, that's what moves us forward, I think. Yeah, people are interested in it, right? I mean, you, when you bring it up, people are interested, but most people are intimidated because they don't really understand what it is. They've heard of Bitcoin, but they don't really get it. They've heard of cryptocurrency, they don't really understand. And so we also need better ways of explaining it. So um, we created this report with uh, O'Reilly. They're the technical publishers. They do like all the programming books. 
And they hired uh, myself and uh, my co-author, Evan Karnapakis, to uh, write a report called What is Blockchain? And they're like, we just want you to explain it like to people in business, like just people, you know, who might like run the IT department of a business or might just like be involved with technology and don't really get it. So we had this big challenge at the beginning of this report. It was like, how do we explain this <laughs> in a simple way? Because you ask 30 different crypto nerds and you get 30 different answers about what blockchain really is. And the simple definition we came up with was the internet of money and it's not even ours, it's Andreas Antonopoulos, right? He wrote a book called The mm -hmm. Internet of Money. And the idea is like, just like our current internet lets us share information, this new internet, blockchain internet, lets us share money or any kind of value really. And by making it that simple, we can kind of get a little foothold into people's brains that encourages them to want to learn more. But we need that good soundbite. We need the elevator pitch in blockchain. So that's ours. It's the internet of money. And you can download the report for free, by the way. It's a free report at um, uh, bit.ly.com slash what dash is dash blockchain dash report. Bitly.com slash what is blockchain report. You guys can link it in the show notes. Yeah, cool. we'll, put a, we'll drop a link in the notes for sure. Awesome. It just gets me excited thinking about where it's going. And I, I like seeing people like you out there working to put together these educational materials to uh, present yes. blockchain in an understandable fashion to people in other industries or people who just haven't got into crypto yet or have but can't understand it. I understand you have worked on quite a bit of educational material, right? You're, you're doing some other stuff other than just the book and that report, right? Oh, there's so much going on. So uh, with O'Reilly, we're working on a new book called Blockchain Success Stories. It's going to be out in 2020. And the idea is uh, it's the first book of real world case studies of blockchain projects. So in other words, we wanted to go find people, companies, entrepreneurs who are building real products with blockchain. Uh, and we're telling their stories. And so it's going to be really fun and interesting. <laughs> hoping it's going to be used in classrooms and used by business leaders. But the first three chapters of that book just help define what is blockchain. And that's the report I just mentioned. Uh, what is blockchain? Then we also just released a new report uh, called State of Blockchain with O'Reilly. And State of Blockchain basically says, like, here's where blockchain is today. Here's kind of the state of the state. And... Uh, we talk about all the various trends from like stable coins to uh, what's going on at crypto exchanges uh, to what's going on with regulation. Uh, so that's great. And then uh, my other book, Blockchain for Everyone, which just came out, is really a fun story for a more consumer audience, for just an everyday person audience that explains blockchain in just a really fun and interesting way with this great story that I, I shared with you at the beginning. That's all. I'm really looking forward to reading some of those books for sure. There's there's such a lack of good quality material like that in the and I know there's a lot of blockchain books and stuff out there, but um, I, I've been kind of disappointed in in what's available and sort of the quality of it. So I'm really kind of excited to check these out, especially the the first one you mentioned, because like actual usage of crypto and blockchain is what we really love to see. We love seeing people using it. We love seeing people yeah. building on it. And, you know, implementing the next layer of whatever Bitcoin is going to become or whatever blockchain you're working on. So I don't know. I'm pretty excited about it for sure. I am so tired of hearing about white papers and blue sky ideas. And Seriously, I just man. want to see shipping products. I want to see actual things that work 
on a screen or on a phone. Yep. You, you know what I'm saying here? Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny because the whole world has turned backwards because it used to be that when you made a company, you made the company and then you collected your users. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, the crypto space and the I, the ICO thing really changed it, you know? Um, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, we can just come up with these massively lofty project ideas and make millions of dollars overnight. And, you know, of course people are going to go make stuff that they actually haven't made yet. They're just going to make these ideas and then think, well, once I have the millions of dollars, I'll be able to hire, hire anybody I need to make this happen. And it's not always the case, but uh, it turns out it's uh, it's really hard to yeah. make. It's not Good that easy. Products. Money, money isn't everything, <laughs> especially on on blockchain, which is so new. But, yeah, uh, but we've got some really great stories. So we did one uh, on votes, uh, V O A T Z, which is this really great uh, voting platform. They've run thirty test elections to date using a blockchain based voting platform. And think about like how antiquated our voting system is in America, and like being like, shouldn't you be able to vote on your phone? Like that just seems like common sense. And that's their idea is it's a phone based app. And I went to a demo just the other night and I actually got to use it and they did a little test election right there uh, in this, in this space. And it's super cool. That's one story. Uh, We tell the story of helium, which is this really interesting project, which uh, where, where you have mobile hotspots, like a kind of a, like a wireless repeater and they're building these kind of mesh networks of giant connected, low power internet connected devices. uh, And you earn tokens from buying these hotspots and and setting it up. So in other words, what they're creating is kind of an alternate internet. (laughs) And you earn these helium tokens by helping support that physical uh, network. So it's very cool idea. Um, And then the, the third one we just finished is CryptoKitties which is actually a fascinating story when you really dig into it and how successful it was and how it brought down the entire Ethereum network and how they, <laughs> they solved that problem like very quickly uh, and made it more scalable, like all working together with, with uh, you know, the main Ethereum developers. So those are three of the, of the 10 stories uh, that we're going to cover in blockchain success stories that we've, we've finished. I'm a dev, so I like hearing that like, troubleshooting and and trying to redefine your architecture really in some cases to uh, compensate for some of these unexpected issues. There's a, there's a great story uh, <laughs> where we start, uh, we, we start this whole uh, crypto kitty story uh, where their, their head creative uh, is at his parents' house and they've just launched crypto kitties and he sees a crypto kitty go for $30,000. In other words, somebody is selling these, these virtual kitties that are built on blockchain uh, to each other. And one of them sells it for $30,000. And it's just launched. Like it's just launched a few days before. And already the price of these virtual cats is going through the roof. And at the same time, he's getting this endless stream of messages that are saying like, the network's down, the network's down. And then he sees this like rolling blackout go across the entire Ethereum network. <laughs> and his thought when he sees this kitty sell for $30,000 is not like <laughs> how amazing that this thing is taking off. His thought was, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> that one up. <laughs> That's how we start out the stories in his parents' house. Just That's going, hilarious. Oh no. Uh, oh, it's so, amazing. So, so John, 
What's the funniest name you've actually heard used in the real world? Uh, like a, a, a human name or a, a name for a cheese? Uh, can you narrow that down? Um, just the name. I, I guess it doesn't really matter. I mean, there's <laughs> got to be something that struck you as odd, a, a name for something, whether it's an object, a, a cheese or a person. A dookie coin. What? <laughs> Dookie coin. coin. Probably not destined mm. for greatness, that project. <laughs> no, no. You, that um, sounds like a shit coin, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it actually records uh, your movements on the block. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Anyways. <laughs> oh, Jesus. We uh we were looking trying to brainstorm names for a project that we were working on, and one of the community suggestions was Limpo. <laughs> and then we all started laughing and, and kind of making fun of it and, you know, gave us a chuckle. It was late at night and we'd been working for a while. And then we went to look it up just for shits and giggles and sure as hell it exists. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it run on the Spank Chain network? it's limpho with an L or limpo? Well, the suggestion to us was L-I-M-P-O. The one that we found that exists is actually L-Y-M-P-O. <laughs> I, I think there should be a lympho, which would uh, be for people who love the secretions of the lymph node. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there we go. Well, let's make a white paper. Hold an ICO. Yeah. Or, or, excuse me. We, we, we're, we're on behind. We're IEOs now. Yeah, right. We're all in <laughs> IEOs. So, so John, you're going to be in Vegas next week? I am going to be at World CryptoCon running an entire day of workshops before the uh, the conference proper. So it's pretty exciting. Uh, what we're doing is called an unconference. It's based on this open space model. And it's basically a kind of conference where the attendees set the agenda of the conference. And we've done this in Boston with our Boston Blockchain Association. It's been extremely successful. Our participants oh, gave it five stars. But basically participants come and they like put up on sticky notes the things that they want to talk about, right? So it could be any cryptocurrency, it could be any kind of investing or trading strategy or blockchain project. And then they break into small groups kind of clustering around those topics that interest them most. You have a scribe who takes notes, you discuss for about 45 minutes, and then you report back to the group what you learned or kind of the takeaways. And it's a great way, instead of just one person droning on, for an hour, it's a great way of actually getting really useful takeaways that really stick with you for the long term. Really excited about it. Well, we're that. we're definitely going to have to check that out, Professor, when we're in Vegas. Um, I know I'm going to be there until Friday, so I'm looking forward to all kinds of activities. And Sir John, thank you so much for coming on our show today. It's been a pleasure having you. I'm so, you know, everything, nothing happens by coincidence. And I don't believe that you and I met in Philly by chance. So I'm just, I'm very pleased that you uh, accepted the invitation, came on the show, and I hope you enjoyed your time here. Mitch and the professor, thank you for having me. And to everybody listening, listen, Mitch and the professor, you heard how much love and passion they put into this. You're getting it for free. All you have to do is go rate and review five stars on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. It really matters. It really makes a difference. That is your payment for their You're amazing awesome. no, work we're talking. they're doing. You heard, right? you heard the man. Do it. You're awesome. It. Thank you so much, we John. You, man. Thank you, guys. You bet. We'll have, see you next week. Have All a right. great day.
that was cool. I, I was really excited to talk to him and uh, I forgot what day that actually was. So when I saw it on the calendar this morning, I got a little giggly inside. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, oh, this, I just remember you telling me the story about him from Philly and how, uh, how just down to earth and laid back he was and how much his like yeah. passion kind of imitated or, or, or went right along. I shouldn't say imitated. That's not the right word, but his passion like goes right alongside what we are feeling about crypto. And I was, it was just yeah. exciting. I love talking to people that, that feel that way and that are so excited about crypto like we are. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I've been, I've been excited about this interview and, and this podcast since, uh, Philly, since Philly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, since I met the guy, I, I it just, it's been it's been exciting you know and i don't know i really enjoyed this one it was a lot of fun talking with them it was we uh we got a little bit deep on some stuff and i like doing that i don't i don't mind getting lost in some stuff like that which is i think is exciting you know it is it is into like the regulation stuff and into some of the ethics of things and i don't get my get my fur up and i'm ready let's go (laughs) (laughs) you know I mean, you get me going on that. Oh boy, look out! You you oh, talk yeah. about passion coming out. Holy yep. smokes! I, I mean, I can tell my face feels like all flushed and warm. Like I'm getting all red, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, this is it. You know, we're gonna go. And I, I just, I don't know, man. I love this this podcast. I, I I love how well we work and how great things flow. It just, it's amazing. So. Man, it's what, fun. A, what a it's great fun. evening. And I'm so, 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 so excited for two days from now. I know. I can't wait, man. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. 48, uh, 48 hours from now, I'll probably be about 12 beers in. <laughs> <laughs> with you, Clint you Westwood. You and 12 beers is going to be a problem. Oh, my God. With Clint You're Westwood. I'm a and guess either. what? We, we get to check into the house early. So we're checking into the house Friday. Oh, man. I'm six. so upset about that. I'm so upset I, about that. that I don't get until Sunday evening. I'm thinking about going swimming. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a pool. Bathing suits. Man, I'm stoked. This is going to be a good time. It I is. can't wait. There's so many people that we're going to meet that I've just been waiting to meet in person. And, and there's so many people on top of that, that we've already met. So it's like the whole family is coming together. I mean, there's some people that haven't been able to make it yet, but right. we, we will get to them. We'll be able to see you guys all soon. The, you know, the sooner we can start traveling around the world, the sooner we can get face to face with more of you. So we can't wait about to take things to the next level. This is what we're stoked, guys. And one more thing that we got to throw in, and they're going to be in Vegas, so make sure you check them out. We're going to be doing a live stream with them so you guys can see yeah. uh, what they're all yeah. about. But uh, CoinFlip ATM, they're our new yeah. sponsor. Look up a CoinFlip ATM and use it. Their fees are better than anybody else in the industry. And anybody on top else. of that, the team, the guys, Dustin and Daniel, are just so amazing. Ugh. It it feels really good to be able to get a sponsor who we actually are passionate about. Um, Daniel, Dustin, huge thanks to you guys. This is so amazing. This is opening uh-huh. up so many doors to reach out to our community on the next level. So this is, you know, from from my heart and Mitch's heart to yours, guys. We fucking love you. Seriously, this is amazing. Damn straight. This is this is amazing. So thank you so much for that. Uh, it means the world to us. And, you know, these ATMs are going to be popping up all over the place. We got J-Mac working, beating feet, working the streets, trying to get these things into establishments, you know, and, and the whole crypto space supporting it. So, you know, keep your eyes open for them. And like the professor said, he hit it on the head. You know, they have the lowest fees in the industry. So we'll see you guys in Vegas. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> all right. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Peace.